God damn it, it wasn't even recording. I'm Dustin Zahn, and this is Trainwrecks. I apologize for the delay. Um, I've been pretty busy lately. There's a holiday in the United States called Thanksgiving, and I came home for it. I was checking in on some friends and family, and uh, I also did a couple of gigs. Uh, it's also worth mentioning there might be another delay due to a lot of international travel on my end. Got to head back to Europe this week, and I got a couple more trips to the States and a trip to India in the next month, so it's going to be a little intense. Um, but there are some great guests that claim they're coming in, so as long as they show up, there should be some pretty awesome shows in the next uh, month or two. Uh, as far as things go on my end, uh, one of the, well, I'll tell you about both gigs. First gig I did this weekend was uh it was actually a weekday gig on Wednesday in Minneapolis. Um I'm trying to promote these series of parties called All Night Zon, which uh is just basically me on the decks all night playing everything from house to techno and you know, starting off with experimental or whatever, and it's been working really well. Um that night particularly maybe not as much because I had some technical problems with the speakers and I wasn't fully on point, but, uh, I kind of, you know, shook the bad mood after a while and a ton of friends came out and it was a really busy night. So it ended up being really nice and I'm really happy. So if you're out there, I appreciate it. And then a couple nights later I was in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, for those of you in the States, it's in the Midwest, kind of over by Chicago or something. Um, I haven't been there in like 10 years, but it was really good and it was worth the wait. I played for about four hours and uh, tagged with the promoter and local DJ Matt Rissy at the end. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a super cool warehouse space that kind of reminded me of Berlin in a way. And it was packed with friends old and new. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I started off a bit deeper and, and more driving and it was working at first. But uh, it wasn't until I just kicked into high gear with all the party jams that shit started to get pretty crazy. So I had a really good time, and if you made it out to that one, happy about that too. Uh, this guest, or this week's guest, is Gabrielle Casina, better known as Regal. She's also joined by Zippo in the co-host seat, um, and they both more or less started on an enemy and also worked closely together on Gabri's Involve records. Uh, they're all, both Italian, or as Gary puts it, he's Italian when it's time to eat. And Zippo is just full-blown Southern Italian. Uh, the, the thing about Italians is that everyone thinks that Italy is only interested in people like Marco Crolla or Richie Hotton or Drum Code, and that is absolutely not true. Um, as, as you might have heard in other podcasts, and you'll hear in this one, there's a wide range of tastes among you know, DJs from numerous generations in Italy. And uh, these guys will kind of give you a little bit of a glimpse into, you know, guys that are kind of making it in their early 20s and, uh, you know, from a European standpoint. So I think it's pretty interesting. There's a lot of talk about acid, which a lot of people always want to hear about on the show. And uh, what else can I say? Uh, Gabri, he spends a lot of his time working closely with Len Fackey on his record label called Figure. 
doing a lot of these big round, uh, big room sounds. And Zippo has been extremely busy with his own record label called Fetus, which I think has just released its fifth record in about a year. Um, but the thing is, is it's not just pumping them out randomly. There's a lot of range to it, and they've been getting played by everybody. So if you aren't aware of it, check out actually both their labels. I could go into detail a bit more, but I'd just be repeating bits from the interview you're about to hear, and I haven't prepared any notes because I'm on the road. So I'm just going to go right into the show. Enjoy it. Got a couple guests with me today. Uh, we got Zippo in the co-host seat, but for the most part, we got Regal doing the the main guest of the show here. Oh, yeah, baby. It's also hey his guys. birthday, so happy birthday, man. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um... For those of you who don't know him, he, I think the first record was on my label, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was Mute EP. Yeah, and then um, after that, you started on, was it, you started involved before you got on Figure, right? Yeah, it was the second one. I mean, the first one was the Your 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 Enemy, and then Pulsar, you know, the... Yeah, the, the big acid the, track. <laughs> that was the second record, actually. But um, then you followed that up with Chaos was kind of a similar vibe, right? Yeah, Ka- but Chaos, Chaos was the, f- the fifth release on... Uh, on sure, sure, but I mean that, that came later as far as like the, the big acid tracks, which we'll Absolutely. get to in a minute yeah. here. Your yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they, they were the most famous, like Pulsar, Chaos, and yeah, I mm. think they were the main ones. Right also, on. Also Downfall, I, I think it was... Well, that's, the why, that's why you're on the show. You got a lot of tracks that were uh, quite big for a minute there. You also did... Uh, some remixes for Nina Kravitz. Was yeah. that last year or the year before? Last year. It was okay. last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are working really good. I mean, they still they still playing them, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I did like three three different versions. I don't know why I did three different versions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean. Awesome. And, but, so you did three. I I think I only paid attention to two, so. <laughs> but it was cool. No. Yeah, no, it, there were three, you know, because there's... The main one, which is the 303 version, is like the more, more jazz or commercial, you know, stuff. Then there was the dub version, which yeah. is a bit darker, you know. But the dub, I mean, the story behind dub version, it's like the three, the third remix that has been released, it was the original version of the dub remix. But I, I, I uh-huh. mean, you know, it's like I lost the project, so I did another one trying to do it as closer as possible to the original one. And then I found the project of the original one, mm-hmm. and I call it like 303 Remix, then Dub Remix, and the last one is like Sad Remix, because I'm a really sad person, you know, normally. You don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> That's why we're having a drink. But anyway, Zippo, how you doing? You hanging in there? All good. All good here. Yeah, cool. Just watching at you guys. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's start off going all the way back. So uh, the first record you did, which was for me, how many years ago was that now? Like three? Maybe? I think it was... Four, two thousand and twelve, maybe. Yeah, so about four years. Yeah, um, and then you did another one for me after that. And on top of having your own label involved, you're kind of a main artist for Len Faki's Figure mm-hmm. Records. And uh, how many have you done on on Figure now? Well, at the moment, you know, we are like three newcomers in there, and we untri- we are trying, you know, to work all mm-hmm. together. And, and wh- who's the new guys, including you? <laughs> I mean, there is Cleric. I think you already you know every every everybody knows him and then uh, it's a uh, talk mass 
Just talk mass, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, he's he's doing really. I love his stuff. Actually, mm-hmm. really melodic. You know, I really love melodic stuff. And yeah, we are we are like releasing right right now our EPs. Uh, you know, solo EPs, but also working with Len. As you see, I released an EP with Len. Like really, you know. It's a deep. bit more melodic, not so banging, right? Yeah, I mean, it's more like deep, you know. It's, I think it's something that the people didn't expect, you know. When you, when you read like Regal and then Faggy, you expect something more aggressive. Yeah. Can can people expect maybe another um, collaboration from you guys? or For me and Len, you mean? Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't depend on me, you know. For me, it's okay. Yeah, of course. So. Bad. I don't know. But there's nothing planned at the nothing moment. Nothing planned. No, no. Actually, that one, it wasn't planned. At the beginning, okay. it was like you know, we were just uh, exchanging ideas, mm-hmm. and then instead of you know doing something, you know, separately, you know, yeah. we decided okay, we have different ideas, but they fixed together, so let's release it together. You know, let let let's do it together. Right on. And so, um, I mean, you're still relatively new to everything and, and building up your career, but what kind of gave you? Did, did you go to a certain club or certain parties that kind of got you going at first? Here, you mean here in not in Berlin, but in uh, just in Madrid, even. I mean, yeah. I mean, when, when I have some time and if there is something interesting going on, I like you know to go hang out with the friends and you know having some fun. But uh, right now, I'm trying to go into the healthy way, you know, staying a bit at home. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard, you know, because you are dead at home and you say, "Oh, I would like to go." Party. You have the FOMO, the fear <laughs> of missing out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, especially here in Berlin, that can happen a lot. You know, there's always something going on, and um, you just kind of have to know when to say no. That's why. That's also it's also you know weird because we go we we do the opposite of our friends. You know, so you they are usually they are working during the week. You know, and then during the weekend is party hard, getting fucked up, blah blah blah. And during the weekend you are like working. No, you know, yeah. you're playing around. So when you don't play maybe for a weekend and you want to stay a bit you know at home relax yeah. it's like oh you have your friends say hey, come on it's weekend let's you know let's go out and you're like come on another party okay yeah <laughs> but so you live in in madrid right now yeah and are you you're a resident at mondo or are you just playing there a lot yeah i'm resident but just once a month you know i think uh mondo i think is one of the best of the best clubs in madrid and but I I, w- I want to keep this kind of uh, exclusivity, you know, not mm-hmm. to playing too much there, because uh, yeah, I think I think so. If you play once a month, you can still be interesting for the people. Otherwise, if you became, you know, this is my personal opinion, of sure, course. Yeah. But uh, if you are playing like every week or every every two weeks, then at some point the people get a bit tired about uh, hearing you. you no, know, it's like okay, yeah. it's regal. It's yeah, I heard it like two weeks ago. It's okay, you know. But I think once a month is the perfect, you know, the perfect. Totally. So. And even then, I think it's it's quite a bit. It's still cool. Like, I mean, there, I have no problem with resident DJs. Like, there are some guys that play every week, and that's what kind of gives them <laughs> makes it like a really makes them really good DJ. But you know, living in Berlin, um, while you do get a lot of cool acts here all the time, there's still so many people that you hear all the time and it gets yeah. it's it's not that it's bad it's just maybe gets a little not so special you know yeah that's that's why i decided to do just once a month you know but um i also like it because you know mondo disco is uh, when i play there i i don't play what i regularly played in other clubs so yeah. it's something a bit what are special you playing there? it's more housey you know usually i'm doing opening you know so opening stuff you you, you need to to start slowly you know i'm playing 
some some records you you don't play usually and i really like it i, I like it because i like to play softer stuff sometimes and i also like to to do a research you know previous before the party you know what i mean yeah because they are they are records you don't play usually so you don't know them so so well so i i like to research a bit oh okay i can play this i can play that let's find some some housey stuff some disco so yeah but um so what kind of people are you opening for that you have this kind of funkier sound is it still more mainly like techno guys or house acts or i mean i I don't know because uh mondo disco has his own his own crowd you know yeah and uh i mean i don't think they are too nerdy you know about electronic music but they really enjoy the music so in my experience at mondo disco you can play whatever but if you do it at the right time the crowd will 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 dance anyway so you can you can be playing techno and then if you play a house record it's completely perfect you know and completely good and all the people will dance so it's funny that's why i really love to play there you know because you can play whatever and the crowd mm-hmm. is also you know with a, with a really good energy where where uh is there a particular city or country or anywhere else that uh, is kind of really one of your favorite places to play at the moment well you know i would say like berlin is one of yeah, super it's a great city, yeah. a special place, you know. But uh, maybe I would say I really would like to maybe one day play in New York or you know mm-hmm. something like that. Also, South America would be cool. But I think New York, I really would like it, you know, because I, I was there in two thousand seven, you know, mm-hmm. just with my mother, you yeah, know, yeah. just tourism so and that, and I really fell in love with the city. So it's one of my favorite cities. You know, it comes up all the time on the show. I love playing there. Um, so I, I have a good connection with it. So, I mean, of course, if you go there, you're going to have a good time. Unless you're like a mountain man or some shit, you're not really going to hate on New York too much. Um, but, the, you know, like the last couple of times I did uh, tours down in South America, like Colombia specifically, they were going crazy for, um, you know, for your tracks and whatnot. So I'm sure it'll happen before too long. So I mean, I'm really curious about to know, you know, how is the techno and the electronic scene in, in, in New York and in, in America? Because I'm not really into it, so I don't know, yeah. you know. I mean, it's different everywhere you go. Um, some cities are like, for example, you're in France, they are like going crazy about acid. You yeah, know? but it depends. I, I mean, on the on the on the place you go. Well, you know, I'm from the Midwest, and you know, Detroit, Chicago, all that acid records everywhere. So, I mean, acid is a huge, uh, huge thing out there. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, and actually, if you go out to either of the coasts like LA or New York acid is popular there too but I would say it's definitely more popular in the Midwest um so it's just a matter of what spot you're in like you know France is geographically it's way more small than the United States yeah, is absolutely, yeah. so it's very concentrated you know I mean they, they go crazy for acid technically and you know like these kind of old rave tracks mm-hmm. you know they absolutely go crazy with that so that brings me to one of my next questions. Um, it's obvious that like maybe 50% of your work is with acid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what kind of, what kind of got you totally inspired by acid that you're always leaning in that direction? I mean, I really love Emmanuel Top. you know, for me, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I would say my, my first inspiration, you know, because for me, he has the perfect mixing of uh, acid techno and melodic stuff mm-hmm. and i really love love both styles you know like acid and melodic and I, I don't know i'm 
I really like it, like the 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 old trancey stuff, which is hard. You know, it, it yeah. it's really hard because you you have this this percussion uh, bass with is hard and really fast. But on the other hand, you have like this kind of romantic melodic. You know, yeah. So that's kind of the old German hard trance slash techno sound. Yeah, more or less. You know, but no, not so cheesy. Sometimes you yeah. know, sometimes it's a bit cheesy with a lot of melodies or maybe mm. some vocals on it, but. What I, I'm I'm trying to do is like creating this mix of all new mm-hmm. melodic hard, you know, and trying to build up something. So in between, are you? So would you say that you're going to continue to keep making acid records as time goes on, or you think? Yeah, it's, of uh, course I will continue to make acid records. I I I won't do only acid because, as you know, I, I like also to do sometimes I like to do some deep stuff, mm-hmm. maybe some more housey stuff. But yeah, I mean acid is. Uh, I, I never, I think, I don't know. I, I think I will never get tired about acid sounds, you know. I really like them. Yeah, I mean, the thing for me about acid is like, on one hand, I would say, if we're talking like, I, I, I couldn't give you a list of my favorite 15 techno records ever or house acid house records, but, um, you know, in those 15, probably at least half of the list would have 303s in them because... They're, I don't know, it's so iconic. This, uh, the, the tracks are so amazing. But then, you know, like, let's say, for example, The Wipe by Testy mm-hmm. on, on Plus 8 and everything. That's a legendary classic track, wow. and it's yeah. it's amazing. But, um, you know, so there's stuff like that has a 303 in it. But then at the same time, I kind of don't want to hear another 303 for a really long time. Yeah, but I mean... So, I don't. It's also because where I come from, every like now everybody makes modular techno, but back then yeah. it felt like everybody's yeah. trying to make acid yeah. techno house, whatever. But I think that the difference is how you uh, work on this three hundred three sound, you know, because okay, the three hundred three gives you like the standard sound, but then you have like pedals, effects, and whatever, you know. And I have here a lot of Plastic Man stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Emmanuel Top stuff, but you have if I would have to choose my favorite acid record. It would be, uh, I think, is called Alienated Two, Two oh, yeah. B from from Alien Rain. Yeah, I mean, I love that track. Why I love it because the sound of the three hundred three is processed in in a way that uh, honestly I tried to yeah. to imitate that sound, but I, I I couldn't. I think it's the perfect, you know, it's super melodic with the acid sound, but you know, with some effects on it, and for me, it's perfect. Yeah, if you're a if a fan of uh, like acid techno, and uh, you want something more recent, the, it's called Alien Rain. It's a label. I think it was it's maybe a, Milton Bradley that's yeah, behind it. Rain, yeah. And uh, I think there's five of them. Um, anyway, awesome, awesome shit. Super every cool. one of them. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah. So I, I, it's not. I still really like acid. Like for example, we have. Um, Boston one six eight on my label, also on yours. Yeah, and uh, but you see, they they I mean they use three hundred three, but they use it in a different way. Yeah, so that's why I mean the machine is always the same, but mm-hmm. the thing is how you use it. Yeah, yeah, I mean like when with your jack tracks and all that kind of stuff, it's kind of bouncy, stabby sort of thing, and then um, I would say Boston leans a little bit more towards like the plastic man vibe where it, it's like the three or threes almost sing or something rather than create like yeah, this and very... Yeah, and then they add, you know, the melodic stuff on it, you know, yeah. so... Yeah, I think... I mean, all the styles are, you know, like, like fashion, like this is a circle. They go, they have the hype, then, then you know, nobody makes any more acid techno, then comes back again. 
but when it comes back it never comes back in the same way you know? yeah i mean so it's always changing everything the thing is right now like i'm getting back to what i was saying earlier kind of like when everybody was making and it's always changing the problem that i had where i came from it was always just like this squelchy um you know where the cutoff is all the way open mm -hmm. and it's kind of crunchy and that that got a little old but i st there's still some tracks that have that in it that's really really awesome you know but i think like also what i was saying is all the people that were trying to make acid music before have now bought a modular so every record coming out sounds uh, but quite similar. I mean, that's about your personality. If you want, you know, if you want to do what all the people is doing or if you want to do your own. I mean, for well, me, I, I think it doesn't I, even come down to that. I don't like modular, if I have to be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, this modular sound, it's, I mean, it's okay, but I don't like it. I, at the moment, actually, I would never buy a modular. Yeah. Uh, it's not well, me. there's there's some incredible modules out there. Like the, I don't do the modular thing cause I would be like everybody else. I would spend all my money on, on this shit. Yeah. But, um, the thing is, is some, I still play a lot of these kind of tracks that are done on a modular, the bleepy stuff, but there's so many more that are, they're actually pretty damn good, but they just aren't as exciting or different as the next guy. But I, I mean, what I always say when we, when I speak about the modular, this, this new modular hype, you know, is, it's not that I don't, I don't like, the model the modular you know yeah. the, the stuff it's, it's just the way you use it yeah. i mean there are an amazing tr uh, modular stuff out there you know super melodic and you know but there are some other people like they just you know plug in some wires and they got like a, a kind of, of sequence of blippy stuff mm -hmm. and without any melodies man it's like just random blips you know yeah and they just add a percussion and they're and oh i have a, a track, track. Well, that's not for me, actually. Yeah. I don't like it. I hear you. I just, I don't really like the randomness either. But some sometimes they're really good, but other times it's... Uh, yeah. But well, you can still make acid tracks with modulars. So that, that's the one thing that drives me <laughs> nuts is like every, if every module you buy or every keyboard or VST that you download, like it always comes up in a review or a demo, like the 303 sounding patch. Yeah. Cool. It's like, okay, yeah, that's what I did. I spent 2,000 euros on a new Dave Smith keyboard just so it can make a shitty 303 yeah, representation. Totally. Like, it's, it seems ridiculous to me, yeah. you know, and it happens all the time. Well, yeah. You can also spend 600 euros to do hi-hats on a modular, so. That's true too. <laughs> but. I don't know. I mean, for me, when it comes down Let's to Let's do everything on digital. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, do you have any other, like, projects that you're working on? Um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm at the moment, uh, I want to be back in studio again because this year I was a bit distracted, you know, and I, I, I didn't make too much music. So now I will try to do, like, uh, a couple of, uh, you know, releases going out regularly um being a bit more like uh stronger you know doing stronger stuff yeah um that's it i mean i don't have anything in mind i really i i mean i would like to do an album one day but i think that uh, an album is something really special you know and, and you yeah. have to tell so something different to the people so it's not enough that you collect like eight records 12 records and then you do a, a double vinyl and you say oh this is my album that's not what i want to do you know i want to do it in different ways so the people can expect something different, you know, and maybe maybe hear a different face of my, you know, of, of my music. 
not acid music maybe i don't know Something yeah just like a that. different yeah, uh, different side you know so yeah i mean i i think i need to collect the ideas and get it you know yeah i mean i you know my last album which was also my first one was mainly just dance floor tracks and that was intentional but i think for sure like on the next one it would have to be almost the opposite i just wanted to get the other one out of my system because it's important you know what i mean to I don't know. There's a lot of things that you can't necessarily do in a techno track because of the speed or the the way it's kind of laid out. And people be like, "Fuck that! You can do everything. Well, you can, but it's not going to work, or you know, nobody's going to listen. Yeah. Ne- most likely, who knows? Okay. So maybe you're wrong, or I'm wrong. I mean, but. that's why you know I would like to try also new like different ways of making music. You know, like maybe yeah. I don't know using like super old vocal samples, and you I don't know like trying to make Experiment, something different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not not you know not experiment techno this this kind of ambient stuff, but yeah, experimenting about the, the way you create the music. So definitely, yeah. I mean, I think for me, you know, I'm a real, I'm a big fan of experimental music, and a lot of people they think that if you're experimenting too, that means like you got to go like way off the deep end and make something really bizarre. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I mean, it's, of course, when when some people do that, it's really nice. But other times I think they get too crazy and it's like, it's like Autarker, for example, these days it's just like this kind of orchestrated noise, like kind of programmed. And I kind of liked it more when it had a little bit of a, kind of like the Western musical backbone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, man. I mean, there, there are a lot of experimental stuff out there. But I uh, maybe from thirty records I like to, yeah. Know, because I don't know. I need I need something special. I need something different. I need something you know that even I don't know something that you never hear before. Maybe that's something that you are listening. You say, "Oh wow, what's this?" You know, like mm-hmm. what is the, what's this? Sound? Or it just gets you excited. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not even something new, but something that's done different it's done differently yeah yeah not new not new but you know something that when you hear it you don't have this sensation that okay i heard this before yeah it's it's like oh it remembers me to this guy or maybe you know and uh when sometimes when i hear you know like when people is releasing eps they do like the intro or the outro and it's very much they they use just oh i will put like this noise Mm -hmm. a lot of reverb maybe some glitches like that i mean it's okay but it's the same, you know. Maybe you can yeah. be different, you know, and try to surprise a bit the people when they are expecting like an intro, experimental stuff or ambient stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is all those intros usually kind of sound cool though. Like if you if you open a promo or you're listening quickly online, you're like, oh, maybe I'll use this as an intro part. That's cool. But then you collect forty of them, you realize actually <laughs> That's you never right. every <laughs> week. Yeah. <laughs> I have a super big folder about plenty of mm-hmm. intros. Oh, yeah, I could do use this one. I could. Like, the, I made um, I made an intro for my live set, or I kind of, uh, it's a live set, so you kind of just come up with the idea, but you got to play it live. But every time I was doing it, it would become, an, it would be like a seven or eight minute intro, and wow. I'm only doing a one hour live set. So, of course, <laughs> it didn't really work out. But it wasn't that it was like this build up for the entire time. Like, actually, it had a bunch of like hi hats and snares and stuff. So there was a groove to it. It just, the, the kick didn't drop for quite a while, you know? And um, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is like that stuff, it's actually not 
it's not hard to to think of it from a, a different perspective like how can you create an intro but fact is most of them are a bit moody and, and uh introspective before yeah. the music kicks in but i mean i if i play this weekend i'm gonna do the same thing so i can't knock it too much you know yeah i mean i, I don't know man at the moment i feel a bit uh how you say it like um i'm hearing a lot of music and all are looking the same for me you know so I'm like losing a bit uh, this kind of uh, emotion when I receive a promo maybe or when I'm going to a club to listen to someone. Yeah. Because I don't know, I have this feeling at the moment. I don't know why everything is like, yeah, this is cool, but uh, nothing, nothing, you know, nothing different, nothing hitting me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I agree. But then I have to say that, I mean, I remember saying the same thing in like 2000. 2001 you know that I, I feel like you always just have to it makes you search a little bit harder for the music that you're looking for because there's a lot of it yeah that you're just like okay this is good but i'm not feeling it um but that means then you're looking at the wrong music or the wrong places yeah, totally. and um yeah absolutely i mean it could be you know but it, it happens the same when i go to buy records for example yeah. uh when i hear to the new records okay i Maybe I can find some really cool stuff, you know, okay, this is cool, I will play this one, this will rock the dance floor. Um, but just that, you know, it's okay. But then when I listen to the old records, you know, maybe records I, I, I have I never heard before, or I even didn't know, it's when I get really surprised. It's like, wow, they were doing this like 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Even more, yeah. Yeah, or more. So I don't know, man. It's I mean, <laughs> no, I, I agree. That's a thing. Like I can go and get, let's say even five brand new records, which I think are really great that came out this week. But then maybe let's say I discover an old track from 1998 that I, it, it's for, new to even me. Even from the same guy. I mean, yeah, or some whoever, guys, but yeah. then uh, I'll be always more excited to play that old record. Yeah, And I think it's mainly just because it was a different vibe back then a little bit more kind of going for it. Whereas today, um, a lot of the tracks are maybe more conservative or predictable. Yeah, know? but I mean, we should use all we have done in the past to do it with the modern way and do it differently. Yeah, I, I agree. But the thing is, is a lot of people that are trying to make music these days are, I don't know, well, some of them are doing it for the wrong reasons, but I, I think they don't really care how quickly they get there as far as like uh, taking shortcuts or not. And in this instance, I mean like, you know, let's say another guy is listening that's making techno or house or drum and bass right now that's listening to the show. Um, he might not want to do look back 20 years ago on YouTube and start digging for tracks. He's just like, well, this for him, maybe old school's five years ago. Yeah. And absolutely. I don't necessarily think that's a, a good idea. I'm not saying you have to like do all your research and, look at all the old records but uh you get it you you get uh, you figure out the roots a bit more you know you read about it like you got to have this you can't expect everything that's happening right now to influence your decision yeah i mean for, for example you know i was um these weeks ago i was looking i was watching documentaries on spanish tv about have you ever heard about the ruta del bacalao it was like uh during the 90s uh, there were in valencia the south of spain like uh i mean lots a lot big discos you know yeah. and every weekend uh like all the the young guys and you know they were taking the car and starting on friday night and finishing on monday 
you know, Monday morning, all without sleeping, you know, maybe just stopping for a bit or taking a nap in the car, eating something. But it was super cool because when a club opened, uh, closed, the other one opened, you know, so it was like, really, yeah. and it was in, uh, I don't know, maybe six, seven kilometers. So it was super, you mm-hmm. know, getting out from a disco and getting in into the, the next one. And there was, uh, they, they were playing a, a kind of music, the style, it was called in Spain, Machina. That is yeah. really, really similar to the old Trancy, but like more hard and fast. And uh, I was, I, I mean, it's it's from my country, you know, and I've, I've never uh, been like investigating about the roots of my own country because I was always focused, okay, we have Detroit, we have Berlin, you know, like mm-hmm. European, I do techno, so I have to know everything about Berlin and Detroit and, you know, in America. But then I realized, okay, maybe I should know also about the roots of my country, about the roots of and I yeah. discover really it's I mean it's interesting for me because I discover uh different ways and some new inspirations. So totally. I mean that that's a thing that you don't really realize when you're a teenager even in your early 20s until later like your your influences are going to come they have to come from home. If you just like go and you can't be so I don't know the word I'm thinking of is incestuous which yep. means like can't only listen to techno because then the techno you make will only you yeah, know what i mean it's a but you know nowadays is i think the people is getting started into techno you know we have social networks we have the, this kind of global world and i think most of them will focus on just bergheim or berlin you know yeah, this of kind of hype there is nowadays yeah. so i think most of them are thinking like okay i'm doing techno this is the techno that is working right now so i have to to do this style oh but this is berlin so let's see how 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 it was in Berlin like 10 years ago. Ah, but this, you know, maybe they should open a bit. And if you came from, I don't know, from uh, Amsterdam, from, from, you know, from Netherlands, mm-hmm. let's investigate also from your country. If you come from Poland, let's see what they are doing, what yeah. they were doing in Poland. You know, I, I don't care. I mean, if I can get the idea of what I'm trying to. No, totally. I mean, you know, the, the Dutch have a rich uh, history, Absolutely. you know, and I get that it's, I mean, it, listen, it makes sense right now that, like, every article out there happens to be about the Berlin scene or Berghain or whatever. And, like, yeah. it's cool. Don't get me wrong. But it's kind of up its own ass, too. Like, it's this bubble where some things are popular here that aren't popular anywhere else. Or, you know what I mean? Or it doesn't allow in certain sounds. Dude, if, or I certain, mean, like, you know, microcosms of techno, for example. In Spain, they are, I'm, I mean, I really... Uh, every day I read this, you know, online magazines talking about electronic music, and every day there is a new talking about Berlin or talking about Bergen. And I mean, they talk a lot of bullshit, you know, that yeah, the people that have never been in Bergen or in Berlin, they say, oh, okay, this is really cool, you know. But if you have been there, you say, this is absolutely not true. You are talking shit. Then the people will think it's true. So we are completely fucked, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just getting to be a bit much. I mean, there's a lot of other things going on right now in the world. Like, every record is made for, you know, whether it's them or Awakenings or, like, a certain club or venue in mind, which I get it. Don't get me wrong. I like to make stuff with a certain place in mind. But um, there's there's so much more out there in the world for gigs than just playing only at Burkheim or Concrete or Fabric. or You know what I mean? Like, there's so Like, you guys both have a good italian following because you have you're full italian zippo yeah. and are you full italian or half 
Me? Yeah. Just half. Half. But you, so you, you guys are just both. Just for the pizza and pasta. Ju- exactly. Yeah. For the good parts. Yeah. <laughs> and then not for the chaos. <laughs> but then, uh, as you guys know, the party scene is, in Italy is really good. Uh, he, he will probably know it better yeah. than I me. Mean, since ages. I mean, Italy yeah. got his own scene since decades. So, and I mean, everything started, of course, with a huge scene of disco because Italy was known about their own DJs and Italo Disco and all that stuff. So I grew up in the age where basically everywhere it was all about house and disco DJs. So techno wasn't so popular at the time. I mean, it was, but not as house and disco. So Yeah. yeah, but... I mean, it's it's still great. I mean, I like playing in Italy. Of course, I've got my residency there and some other parties I'm I'm constantly doing every year. And I'm gonna say I really like it because even if people outside think that the crowds are not so educated in Italy, I'm gonna say that they just have a different kind of listening before because they came from different school. So. It's it's just different. So I think it, in it Italy they nice had like like their own style a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah of when course. Tino was starting with all, all these guys, Joseph Capriati, Marco Antonio, Luigi Madonna. Sure. They 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 create a kind of Italian techno style. I guess. Well, not 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 the guys you named, but Marco Carola at the time, Gaetano Parisi. Oh, well, and I mean this is a Napoli. Yeah, this yeah. is Napoli groove. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Like that, that was awesome. I'm still playing that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, you named uh, new guys who are still mm-hmm. playing right now, but the the techno, yeah, we were thinking about is, yeah, exactly. Gitano and these th- guys. Th- that's Naples grows of, of the time. But, I mean, um, that's just right there with the parties and the stuff that, like, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of different parties going on in Italy that have different sounds. Some people love... You know, Alan Fitzpatrick or some love totally. Faki or Richie yeah. Houghton. So, and it's not always uh, the same crowd. So, you need different records for all of yeah, these kinds of events. Various. But people yeah. make records basically just for one yeah. idea or club in yeah, mind. Yeah, and totally. You know, they just set themselves into the studio and do tracks for Bergheim. That's the thing. Yeah. So, which half the gets time me bored. Like don't get played there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um we'll we'll turn the attention over to Zippo for a minute here. You got any music coming up? Well, uh I'm got uh, I've got a Fides is the fifth release. Fides is my label and next one is gonna be out in less than one month, then an involve solo mm-hmm. and uh Suburban Avenue is a is another Italian label from those guys who made a party in Rome is called Resistance, and I already did like the first record on this um, label as 3KZ, and I'm gonna do a next one now, which is gonna be, I think the yeah seventh release, and some other stuff upcoming. So yeah, those are the f- the first three releases are gonna be out in the next months. And, okay. Yeah. So quite a bit of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a really huge year full of releases. So let's see what happens. Nice. But I mean, they're under, some of them are under different names too. Yeah, so. I mean, those are all as Zippo, but I have some stuff 
the honest trick I said, which is an alias I'm working on with Kellen. And I did a record as Punctum on my own label and I'm start doing some stuff, some new stuff and I'll send over to someone. I've got some requests, so I'm gonna do that as well. So yeah. Awesome. I'm gonna keep on working on this. Yeah. And and Gary, Regal, you you were the first one to release Zippo, right? Or yeah. am I wrong about well, this? Well, my first release was on Figure, but just because uh, the involved release was late. But, ah, okay. but the first release had to be involved. So basically, Gary was the first person who heard my demos ever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think, I mean, when I, when I received his demos, I thought he was doing a really... I mean, really cool stuff, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, then I changed style. Yeah. Then he changed <laughs> styles and now I'm thinking about kicking out of, of, out of, the, of the label. You know? <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, I mean, changing is natural, you know, so I, I think also I'm changing a bit and, uh, he's doing yeah, great just stuff. Just evolving, not yeah, changing in a way. Yeah, well, so, so what, but uh, any, any, anyway, you know, when, when you hear cheers, a, a demo, Okay. <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you hear a demo, sometimes you can you can perceive that there is something in there, you know, there is some talent. Sure. And I don't know. I, I wasn't know. sure I, about I just, that with your demo. I just said I'd be nice. I didn't no, just I mean no, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. The music was shit, but I was a nice guy. You know, I yeah, was yeah, like saying, well, Hey, yeah, hello, yeah. how are you? You know, yeah, it, it was a good record. Yeah, man, so. <laughs> but I mean, um, you said that your your style is evolving; it's changing. Yeah. Um, what where do you see it going from right now? Well, I don't know. I think it's going up and down. You know, there are some some moments where I'm like doing more more stuff for the dance floor, and so I feel to do you know this kind of yeah clubby ag sort clubby of. aggressive thing, and using you know like the three or three maybe adding like aggressive distortion and doing like that. Maybe sometimes I feel like to doing more deep things, romantic, melodic. Oh. So I don't know. It's like going up and down at the moment. What I'm feeling at the moment is, uh, as I told you, doing uh, clubby stuff, maybe more faster than 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 before, uh, but trying to mix it with these trancey, old trancey melodies and you know romantic sequences. And let's see what's what's okay. what going on. You know, I'm just trying to. Yeah, I mean, like, to sound a bit older. Yeah, yeah, just kind of mature the sound a bit. But and then, like, for example, Zippo, I was talking to you on the phone the other day, and you said that you were saying that maybe you're, like, starting to find your your sound or your voice. Um, Do you remember that or no? What? No. Well, we were talking <laughs> about your new record, and you think that you're finally... Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, like, I was I was happy about him. Yeah. And because it's pretty various, and I think it it could be definitely um, a good way to keep doing my stuff because I just feel various on what I'm doing, even if in my if also in my DJ set. So I need to show people that I can I can do dif different stuff. Uh -huh. I mean, still techno, but you know, if if I if I if I can make it, why not? Because, you know, people now are just focused on their own concepts and stuff. They are just closed in a way. And honestly, I don't, I don't think about it. I mean, I'm pretty young, so 
I just wanna do what I feel now and see what happens later without any restrictions or things like that. So, and actually right in this moment, I think with this uh, latest EP upcoming on my label, I can mm. feel that something very close to me or what I wanna do is, is coming finally. But of course, I'm still searching myself in, into music and doing it. I mean, it, it takes, takes a lot time. of time to, to be over there. So, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, of course, my sound has changed a lot over the years. I've done a little bit of different mm -hmm. things, but I think there's a underlying kind of idea in my sound. And I, I didn't, I don't think that really came until like maybe 2004 or five. Yeah. And I mean, that was six years after I started. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I mean, obviously some people find their sound right away. Yeah, totally. You know? But I mean, uh, I, mean I, I guess I would say like, you know, because some people are probably listening and wondering when the hell that's going to happen or when they know that it is. Like, yeah. do you feel like you found your kind Absol of... I mean, absolutely not. I mean, yeah. so, sometimes I talk to people and they told me like, hey, I really like your sound. You have your, like, you know, your own sound. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think so, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you if you if the people think that is of course super cool, I'm happy about it. But I don't think I don't think I, I'm I'm already have my own style. Well, it my, takes my, time to play like yourself. So yeah, yeah, it's is what we are saying. I think in one hand, uh, as I think I have like my own style playing, you know, as a DJ, I think I have to work more to find my my own sound. You know, my really yeah, characteristic yeah. sound. Of course, it's all about digging. Yeah, but but sometimes I think you don't realize it, but people does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I the reason I finally started realizing this because people were telling me, and I'm like, oh, really? I didn't think that I had it yeah. yet. But and then when you look at it from their perspective, you're like, shit. Yeah, there's something there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, by my side, I can only say that the only recognizable thing is that my music it's pretty simple. So my way of process music, it's it's pretty simple. So that that could be the only recognizable thing. But otherwise, I'm still discovering myself into that. So yeah, we just keep on doing. Yeah, I mean, I I think, but it it is really, I don't know. As a producer, it's kind of satisfying when you do kind of figure out like, okay, this is what I do, and you're gonna focus on that for a while. Yeah. Because when you first start making tracks, or you buy, I mean, I guess nobody buys really drum machines anymore they'll like download a pr computer program and yeah, try it yeah. out but it's like you're making you'll try to make a yeah you know, house beat or then a drum and bass thing or hip-hop you, you know just figuring it out and then you kind of be like well i'm gonna focus on let's say techno and you're doing that for a couple of years but you don't really know what the hell you're doing you're still just learning the ropes but when you kind of find your sound and you you kind of know like oh if i turn down the cutoff knob it means it's a filter yeah. uh and then you start finding your way, then it gets pretty fun and exciting. But I mean that that was was yeah, that was what I talking I was talking about about Zippo when he sent me the demos. I mean it was yeah, it was more or less the same kind of techno that you know the the people was doing. But you know, he had something, you know, something special that he said, Okay, this guy maybe has downloaded uh, you know, uh, a new VST or maybe, you know, doing shit with yeah. any, you know, a shitty program. But he knows what he's doing, you know. And yeah. More than that, I think he knew where he wanted to go, you know, with that. So that's why, <laughs> that's why, you know, I, I really, I said, okay. Oh, well, that's Zippo for you though, you know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, so I know, um, 
both of you guys are more working. You both have some gear. Like you have a, a 303 and you got some, yeah. some things as well. And like, yeah. uh, as far as the production standpoint goes, do you still feel like you use the computer more? Or are you like a hardware purist or anything like this? Or For me, I would say like uh, 50-50. You know, some sometimes like some machines are really cool, you know, and they do cool sounds. But in in the other hand, you know, as I, I as I started doing everything with the computer, mm-hmm. it's like now I'm feeling that some things I can only do it with a computer. Mm-hmm. You know, so I like to use both things, and I, sure. I and my also my way of working is kind of uh, like in the old hip hop, like you seen, you know, like maybe. I record a lot of sounds from the machine and then just, then, and then and just you know, I cut I it and, and do sampling, you know, so it's like a, you know, 50, 50. Then of course now with the 303 is like doing, uh, some stuff with the computer and then I record the whole baseline playing it live at the studio. Yeah. So it's a mix and I'm really happy with that. You know, just 50, 50 things is a, it's a nice balance for me at the moment. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I mean, my creative process is pretty short. So when I make music, it's all about create a loop that kind of uplift my mind because I was um, doing at the beginning hip hop stuff because one of my first machine was an MPC 2000. So I was just sampling and chopping jazz stuff for records in general, like instrumentals. I was a I was I'm still a big fan of JD Lapid Rock and all that 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 kind of um sound. Mm-hmm. But speaking about techno and what I'm doing is yeah, as I was saying, my creative process is short and it it depends. I just got my my idea really shortly, like I made track in maximum forty, fifty minutes, just the idea and then of course I take more time to work on effects and extended tracks or stuff like that but the process of the idea it's it's pretty short and sometimes i like to do that because i know myself and if it doesn't work in less than one hour then i will throw it out so yeah i mean i think sometimes really good i was just talking about this with a developer on one of the other podcasts um sometimes the best well a lot of times the best ideas are the ones that come out right away yeah, but then you have. There's other times where it takes a while, but finally the track clicks, and you're like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I would say like my my best tracks were done in like maybe one afternoon, couple yeah. of hours, you know. And then there are some other tracks that I've been working, I don't know, for two or three months, and they are like, okay, so so, or maybe I never, I've never released them, yeah. you know, because I don't like them. Yeah. But that's, you know, and then there's times though where you sit on them and then you realize two years later, like, actually, this is a pretty good track. Yeah. And then uh, then you got something for release, so. Yeah, well, I got the opposite experience, like listening to my old tracks and saying, what, this is <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's some, I don't ever regret putting out a record, so to speak, but there's some that if I had a, a second chance, probably <laughs> wouldn't put that on yeah. out. But I, I don't really feel like... Uh, yeah, I don't despise anyone release. Like, I don't ever want to hear that record again or something. I mean, there's some tracks where I will never, I'm not going to be up at, uh, you know, one in the morning 
have a glass of wine. I'm not going to go on YouTube and be like, oh, I wonder what this old track sounds like. There's tracks I know that I never, never yeah. need to listen to again. But then there's other times when you're going through it and uh, you're like, actually, Did you I make an example of one of those tracks that I don't need to hear ever again. <laughs> no, I'm not going to have any record label owners hit me up. Um, some of them were on my own label though, too. So, but, um, you know, I could never, I lost my train of thought on that. It doesn't really matter anyway, <laughs> but, uh, oh yeah, I know what I was going to say now. Like there's some tracks where you, you made and then you forget about it and then you're going through tracks for like, let's say a new gig. And you're like, actually, I haven't played this track of mine. Maybe mm. not if lately ever. Yeah. And then you start playing it out finally. You know, I have some of those too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I had some stuff like that, and I start playing it when I played at Mondo. You know, yeah. what I was talking about. You know, about about playing some stuff that you never played regularly. So yeah, it happened to me with maybe old records, also some unreleased tracks. You mm -hmm. know, that I've never played when I was like gigging techno yeah. parties. And then when you have to do an opening and you you want to look some you know some different stuff you say oh this could fit this is maybe some it's cool it's not that shitty as I was talking you know yeah uh, I mean it's a uh, it's it's also a nice feeling though when you whether you're playing the track out or when somebody else is playing it when you get to actually hear it loud too yeah. you know like some of these tracks you make in the studio which for most people the studio is at home in their bedroom or their living room yeah. so it's like uh, you know, even if you're, it's a warm up set and there's ten people there, you're just like, "All right, I finally get to hear this loud after three years or something." Yeah, and, you know. totally. It's completely different. I mean, yeah, I would say that there are there are even if I have tracks, you know, I've heard in the studio, in the car, in the, my headphones, and uh, yeah, but you, when you hear it in a club for the first time, it's always just like, "Wow, this is sounding." You know, you can you can. Well, hopefully, you're like, damn, this sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but then there's other times you're just like, "Oh man, this." doesn't hit like the record before it and then the record that comes after it gets the reaction you're like yeah. all right i need to go back to the studio quick <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes when I, I hear some tracks and i say okay this uh, i can change this right now no? mm -hmm. but yeah no normally i mean normally it's better when you hear it in a club i guess yeah. maybe if you know if the tracks likes you when you like it you know when you hear it in, in your headphones mm -hmm. then when you hear it in a club it's like yeah it's, it's better so yeah and i mean like um, for a lot of people that aren't the DJs, or whatever, there's a process in the production called mastering, and that's kind of like, you know, yeah. it kind of finally sets all the <coughs> levels across the board what it's what it should sound like, basically uh, as an average on everything. Anyway, and so there's some people, producers that, if when they send a track in and then it gets mastered, it really doesn't change all that much. It's maybe just a little bit louder or something. Yeah. But there's some people that you know they'll send a track to you and they're like okay here's the remix for the master and, and i'm like this kind of seems underproduced they're like no no it'll be fine when you get it mastered and then i've had the master of like this remix come back or something mm -hmm. and it sounds incredible so yeah. there's different ways to do it you know but um i mean I, I don't know anything about mastering so i mean i'm not really nerdy about that yeah so for me if i have to be honest i, I most of the people if you hear me they say oh they could they can say this is a stupid guy but Normally for me, it, it only sounds a bit louder. You know, oh, this is the master. Okay, it's a bit louder. I don't hear the difference. <laughs> yeah, it but sounds good. Yeah, it sounds perfect. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. That, that was a lot of the the same story though. Uh, even 15 years ago, like the exchange was doing a lot of techno cuts. And in fairness, Nils was an awesome engineer at the time. 
but the people that were always giving the props to mastering engineers was usually to them, especially the Europeans, instead of like, let's say over in Detroit, I think it was Ron Murphy, whoever doing the mastering. And um, because the European cuts were just louder, but really they're smashed. So like you guys were at Record Loft today sh searching through old records. I'm sure you listened to some of those Nils Masters where it's like at the time we're like, oh, this is amazing, but really it's just louder. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. no fidelity. Yeah, you, yeah, there's totally. no kick barely and um so i mean the thing is is uh i think for the most part a lot of people don't understand mastering and that's okay because the problem is usually when people try to understand it and then they do yeah. really bad things to totally. to their tracks yeah so i would say if uh if you're listening out there don't uh don't put too emphasis too much emphasis on the mastering just make sure that it's quiet enough yeah. for uh for somebody to do something to it later because once you start messing around with compressors and stuff, like obviously you have to start from somewhere. Some people can get really good at doing their own masters, but um, these days it's too easy to make it sound like shit, and you don't yeah. even realize it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, if you send me a file which is loader, I would say this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, when I when I'm doing music, I always try, you know, to keep uh, like uh, not to compress any. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I'm doing the track, I don't want to hear it louder, you know. I just uh -huh. want to hear it clean. Uh -huh. So then, okay, yeah, I send it to the mastering and they do the job. I'm I'm happy because then it's louder, you know. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I mean, can I do masters for your level then? <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people I need out there money. like, dude, send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, um, so. Let's talk about, we talked about some records coming up. Do you guys got any remixes or anything on the way that you want to bring up? Because we're getting towards the hour mark here. I mean, no, I, I, no I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starving too. No, uh, uh, my new EP on Figure is coming out right now with a Radio Sleeve remix. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, he, he did like, actually he did two remixes. Mm -hmm. um, one is, you know, is... Like really, really mad style, like DP and mm -hmm. really cool, actually, super, super cool. The other one, it's uh, experimental, as we were talking about, you know. Uh, but it's really cool because it have uh, some some things that are you know hitting you during the the. the it's dramatic. They have it's got melodies and shit. Yeah. <laughs> some, no, that's this, cool. This, this but then you sound. have, I'm assuming, one of your own, like what techno cuts, right? Or is it? Only did Radio Slave just remix the experimental ones. Well, what for your new record? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, no, there were like three three tracks. Okay, and he was remixing one of them, doing two remixes of one track. Ah, okay, so there's so those like, are the yeah three. yeah two ver two versions. Okay, yeah. what about you? Anything? Oh, I don't do remixes by myself. I mean, I never did remixes, but I did a remixes three KZ. Oh, basically came out three days ago. Um, for this um, duo, Asymptot, the those guys are from Rome, owner of this label, Suburban Avenue, where my next record is gonna be out. And on this remix package, it was me and Kellan S3KZ, Psyche, Tripio, and Rico. It's a massive package. Yeah, I, I really like it. But yeah, by my side, I'm still. I I've got some requests about doing remixes and stuff, but. I don't feel it now, so probably I'll do it later. I mean, is there any reason in particular? I don't or? really like the idea of just make another techno track on a four tracks package. Yeah, and I don't know. I would like to 
the remixes of different kind of music just you know just give them my vision of techno about a yeah different genres track so right. i don't know i'll probably do it or yeah probably the requests i received now were not so interesting i'm i don't want to say i will never do them but let's see no i hear you for now you're just yeah. laying low on it i mean i just remember i was working on a new remix uh, I'm going to release and I'm working with uh, it's a girl from, from Italy he knows him he knows her he's called uh, Jordan Julie. okay and uh, I'm doing this this remix because she, she, I mean she's quite deep you know and, mm -hmm. and slower than, than the stuff I do uh, so I tried you know to make like a techno track with the vocal and actually the remix for Nina Kravis it was the first time I was working with the vocal on a track yeah. this is the second time and I'm like I have to say, like, I'm really enjoying working with, you know, working with the voice and playing with vocals. It's great. You know, I, it's strange because actually if, uh, you know, I have so many, I'm a rock dude. I love bands that a lot of them have, yeah. well, most of them have vocals, hip hop, all the best hip hop's got vocalists, mm. but I actually, I never, ever pay attention to the vocals. So albums I've listened to a thousand times and tracks I've heard a thousand times. I couldn't actually tell you most of the lyrics simply because I yeah. paid attention to everything else. So I'm I'm not really big on vocals and music to be honest, mm -hmm. but as a producer, it's really fun to fuck with. You know, I mean, like yeah. uh, going forward, I'm not going to do as much remixes as I did in the past just because I feel limited when I do them. But um, you know, the ones that I will do are going to definitely have, like, I don't know, maybe a vocal hook or, like you said, uh, it would be the opposite. I would rather make a techno remix of, uh, like, a house track or, yeah, you know, dubstep that would be or great. something. Um, and that's kind of where I'm going towards. And just working with, with vocals for me is kind of the, the way forward, I think. Yeah, but, I mean, it's cool because in the past I worked with vocals, but, you know, just, you know, little samples and maybe two, three, four words, you know, but now working with uh, like two minutes song, uh, different sentences and words, and I don't know, it's super funny and interesting for me because I'm not just, you know, taking the voice and okay, I'm putting like that, you know, so I'm playing a bit also with the words and like cutting, you know, parts and changing stuff and then maybe using, you know, different layers and using the voice process it as a synth in some, some, mm -hmm. some points. So it's like disco I'm discovering a new world at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's... um. And because it's such a dominant element, you have to think of it in a different way. Like that's one thing people don't realize. Like, uh, let's say for example, in hip hop, I, you know, like every teenage kid, I was trying to make some hip hop beats for a while and I showed it yeah. to some other people that were into it and they're like, yeah, actually this is really cool, but it's way too busy, you know, because yeah. you got like horns or something going on and then you're like, where the hell the vocals supposed to sit in the mix? Because it would be like some guy trying to rap over a bunch of different instruments. <laughs> and I I was like, oh, yeah, that's one of the, the, the first point where I realized yeah. that, I mean, you know, like basically having a track is like having a box and you can only put certain certain things in certain parts. And if, if it's too much, it overflows, you yeah, know? Of course. And uh, if, if you're not a musician, you don't realize that's a big part of it, actually. Yeah, and so, I mean, sometimes with vocals, I'm discovering that less is more, you know. So, yeah, Seto is like a new world for me right now. Vocals are... And, and also, I have to say, like, George and Julie is also great, great uh, singer, I mean. He's, yeah. 
She's really great. Um, was that the girl that was on your first record? Uh, or no? no, actually, yeah. I did the first record of my label. was called Faces and Places. And there were these just singer on it and that was okay, the first so experience. Okay, so it's not the same one. No, that was the first experience I've got in the studio with a singer, but I'm gonna say that was really nice and mm -hmm. quick as well. She was super fast and she she got my idea and it was really nice thing. I think I'm gonna work on on some other tracks with, with this girl. Is She's called Miriam and yeah, she was a just singer, so she she got me really really quickly and awesome yeah. well that's cool um so we're gonna wrap it up here shortly eat some food all that good shit yeah. uh let's see what is the date now do you have some dates for november that you want to throw out there or anything podcasts mm, i mean there is nothing new at the moment uh, i mean i have a couple of dates uh you know good cool clips nothing special and you know so yeah. they can on Facebook, everything they just search yeah, for they, Regal, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. You can find everything there. Yeah, and for you, yeah. you have the most well, not the most annoying name in techno because that would be those SHXCX whatever dudes. <laughs> but it's Zippo with a dot after every yeah. letter. I mean, it's not an acronym. Was was just uh, uh, well, my name. I got this name when I was five years old. So my cousin gave me. Everyone was calling me with that name. So I just keep it and. The choosing of the points was just because I don't want to be confused about other stuff or other people already named with that. Yeah. And yeah, something, you want to know something the people, easy. you know, you never know if there is a dot after the last O or not. There is yeah, whatever. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I mean, there is not a last dot because it's not an acronym, as I was saying, but I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, and you got the few records that we were talking about already is you just did a podcast, I think recently, right? But that's yeah, not so for, much techno. For, for Suburban Avenue, I decided to do some electro stuff and just digging through some old records because I already did few podcasts, totally uh, dance floor in a way. And I was just thinking to do something really nice also to listen home. And it works very nice. I'm going to say feedbacks were really cool. So... It's going to be good. Nice. And uh, as far as it goes for me, um, I did that track on Cocoon. I got to keep okay, mentioning that. I got to do cool. a little promotion on the show. <laughs> it's called Sunbreaker. Uh, I got a remix coming out in later on in November, but I'll talk awesome. about that in, in a future show. And uh, also a podcast, but I haven't mm -hmm. done it yet. So uh, okay. I don't know when, but it'll be in November. Oh, because you're a really busy man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, no, right now I'm just working on right music, now. but... Um, I'm gonna start hitting the road for a bunch of dates soon, so uh, you know I want to start digging in on the on the tracks again. Get off get off the keyboards and back onto the decks. So yeah. Um. So by the time this airs, I think you can catch me either in Frankfurt at MTV Lounge, or uh, <laughs> I forget the other date, but you can check it out in the next episode. Uh. All right. Have a good one, you guys. Thanks for coming over. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, man. Ciao.